Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best fights with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Jose Nunez, 22 years old, coming in at 11-0-1 versus Aram Abagyan, 30 years old, coming in at 10-0-1. Now, I like what Showtime was doing on this bout, Franco, where they had, you know, just some young guys that I'd never really heard of. It was like a, you know, like a nice little appetizer. If you kind of clued this with the fights that they had on Saturday, it was almost like like a lot of tapas. None of them were like a great meal up until maybe the last fight. None of were a great meal but it was all like a good taste of uh, maybe what's to come and i saw some decent fights we'll start with just uh focusing in on this one and 90 percent of the time when i watch a draw i'm pretty disappointed usually with the score or with the action mm-hmm. i can't say that i was disappointed with this draw no i thought both were super active and the rounds were so close that i have to agree with the draw on this one like i really want to see more of both of these kids going forward i mean I mean, 30 is not really a kid, but you're not past your prime by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Jose Nunez had a cool look to him. He looked like the master show now. Yeah. Well, he looked he looked like Leroy Green, the, uh, <laughs> the younger guy. Uh, but I, that was the first that when he came out, I was like, holy crap. It was like Leroy Green from The Last Dragon had a baby with Bruno Mars somehow. And then the kid became a boxer. That's exactly what he looked like. It was super weird. When Avagnon came out, I was waiting for some other person where I could be like, oh, and then he looked like he didn't look like anybody. Like he just he had a very nice haircut. He had a cool mm-hmm. mid fade. He obviously went to the barber right before the fight. But otherwise, I don't, he was covered in tattoos like that was that's all I got for him. But the other dude looked exactly like Leroy Green to me. Uh, I was waiting for Shonoff to come out yeah. and, and start yelling stuff from like outside of the ring. Who's the prettiest Shonoff? And then like. <laughs> Dude just stops boxing. You know, Nunez turns around, tries to fight Shonuff instead. Yeah. Um, it was a fun little fight. I agree. I thought through the first three rounds, uh, Nunez was throwing these huge sweeping hooks. and But Avagnam was like kind of just picking them apart. And it was, it was super even. If anything, there were some rounds that were clearly going towards one fighter, some other rounds that were clearly going towards the other. And then there was enough that were just a coin toss. Could have gone either way. So when I did see that it was a draw, I, I wasn't surprised at all. It was like, this should have been a draw. If anything, I might have been disappointed if it wasn't a draw because then one guy has to take the L nobody should have taken an L on this fight. Like both guys put forth their best effort. And yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good fight. Now in the third round, uh, Avignon threw a punch so hard that he completely whiffed. And that was the only time he went down. Like he, he overswung and then like flew down to the ground. And I was like, you know what? This fight's so close. Mark that as a knockdown. Like that shit. <laughs> Yeah, I love, when, I love when the haymaker doesn't connect. There's no way to probably look more awkward in a sport than yeah. when your haymaker just doesn't connect. It missed by so much. Now, I agree also with both cards. None of the fights were amazing, mind-blowing, big name, whatever. But after two weeks of no boxing, of not meeting up to record and, and do the show, I was like, man, I, I'm so glad just to have any boxing right now. It was mm-hmm. like the pandemic again. All of a sudden, we have a stretch with no boxing, and I started getting the itch yeah I don't, the pandemic is still going on i don't know if you knew that but no it's over <laughs> all uh, right, Lori, right. Lori lightfoot our mayor said all the teachers got to go back to work uh. in person so it's obviously <laughs> if she says it's safe then it has to be safe jace solano 28 years old 
coming in at 15 and 0 versus Myquan Williams, 22 years old, coming in at 15 0 and 1. <laughs> Now, Franco, this turned out to be the headliner for that Wednesday card. One of the fights was scratched because the fighter had cognitive issues on that Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So it got moved from a triple header to a uh, double header. And what did you think of uh, Solano versus Williams? You know, it was a weird fight. Showbox is meant to feature up and coming guys. And that's definitely what I thought this did. I thought it was good, especially in the middle of the week, but the fight itself was kind of weird to start off. Williams comes out and he looks like if you ordered Steph Curry off a wish, which now you know what wish is, Yes, (laughs) but he came out and it was kind of like, ah, he's kind of like weird looking. I don't know, whatever. And then Solano came out and he had this goofy rat tail coming out the top of his head. That was like the whole fight. It was whipping around. Reminded me of like, you know, when you get like a, like a Cuban baseball player that has like 10 gold chains on like the Sammy Sosa kind of thing. And after a certain point, you're kind of like, I think that's getting in the way Yes, (laughs) with the rat tail. It was kind of like, man, you need to clip that thing or grow it on the back of your head. There was a knockdown in the eighth that it wasn't the worst, right? Like Solano went down. Uh, but it, it looked more like he lost his balance than it being a knockdown. And while technically it was kind of like summed up the fight for me where there was nothing spectacular, but it was a good solid fight. And to have some extra boxing during the week, it was good. Now, during the 10th, that was when things got interesting. The whole fight, it, it could have gone either way. You know, Solano looked good in a couple of rounds, but I had Williams ahead. And then in the 10th, like everything went crazy. Uh, there was a point deduction against Solano for a low blow. But then when they did the replay, there there was no low blow. Like he he didn't hit him low. If anything, it was like right on the belt, but I, I didn't think it was a low blow. So they took one point away for that. And then both guys got like all mixed up and they both go flying down. The ref starts counting and they marked it as a knockdown for Solano. But then after the fight, they reversed both of those decisions, the point deduction and the knockdown. They reversed the knockdown. So it ended up being a round for Williams. Uh, at the end of the fight, Williams ended up winning through a unanimous decision. And it was the right guy that ended up winning in the end, despite all the weird drama of that 10th round. I felt like the the right guy ended up winning the fight. Yeah. Uh, here's what I remember about this fight, because I'll give everybody a little behind the scenes of how I ended up uh, taking this fight in. We watched the Saturday night card in its entirety while drinking beers. And then we watched Conor McGregor get knocked out, uh, which is what he seems to be really good at. Yeah. And then we threw on the Wednesday card. So by the time this fight came on, here's <laughs> what I remember. Uh, I remember... Williams looked good. You know, I like, oh, this this kid looks like he can box. And then uh, there's like scenes missing from my life. And then I remember waking up at home in uh, in the guest bedroom. So uh, that's that's uh, probably what I got on this fight. Like, I remember the early part where I'm like, all right, Williams looks good. Like, it was, it was a fun enough fight early on. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my brain just wasn't there for the end of it. So... <laughs> You didn't miss much. I mean, other than the weird 10th round. And I do remember you, you just had like a really confused, like at first I thought you were angry about something. And I'm like, oh, he's trying to figure out the 15 different decisions that they're making. So you just, you're like really focused and angry looking, trying to figure out what the hell was going on with this fight. And you know what? So was everybody else. So probably being drunk was uh, a better decision than trying to make sense of it. Rolando Romero, 25 years old, coming in at 12 and 0 versus Avery Sparrow, 27 years old, coming in at 10 and 3. <laughs> 
Now, this was the first fight that they televised on that Saturday night card. And the Saturday night card was a lot like getting a hand job in your 30s. You know, like, uh, <laughs> sure, it's fun, but it's not not something you're going to brag about. You know, that's well, the I best would. way. Yeah, that's the best way I can describe this night. Because for people who have been listening for a little while, they know that uh, I am not a big Rolando Romero fan. His last fight where he fought Jackson Mourinhas, and in my opinion, and many people's opinion, lost to Mourinho's. I think they should have just done a rematch of that fight because Sparrow just wasn't ready for Romero. Now, Romero's good. I'm, I'm going to give him credit. He's good, but I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is, if that makes any sense. It bothers me when somebody is a bigger fan of their skill than I am. After the fight, he's uh, calling out Devin Haney now, and he really thinks that he's ready for, for Devin Haney. I, I would love to know what he's smoking because you should be able to share that kind of stuff. He's from Vegas. It's legal there. Right. Absolutely. It's it's legal here in Chicago, so maybe we can, you know, do an exchange, you know, there like, you here's what I've been smoking. Uh, <laughs> here's what you've been smoking. You know, it's like the green elephant. That's what we'll call it. Instead of the white elephant, it's green, where you just exchange <laughs> your weed and try to figure it out. Yeah, like the whole thing kind of bothered me. I already wasn't a fan of Romero coming in. And then his opponent, I forget who it was supposed to be, but within 24 hours, they had to find Sparrow. So, you know, it, it, it just wasn't a good fight. Sparrow wasn't ready for this. He got dominated. He got knocked down like a clown in the first round. Yeah. Uh, and that almost all that rhymes, I think, right? Uh, <laughs> knocked down like a clown in the first round. There you um, go. Yeah. yeah. I'll send you your uh, hip hop contract. And it makes sense because Romero came out in uh, his trunks look like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, yeah. so maybe I needed to rhyme leading into that because he looked ridiculous. But just boxing and no, if I knew no backstory of Romero going into this, like if I didn't already know that in real life he lost to Jackson Mourinho's and I went in with no opinion about this, I would say that he just dominated a dude who didn't look like he belonged in the same ring with him. See, I don't like talking bad about fighters. And you said you're not a fan of Raleigh Romero, but I will straight up say I don't like Raleigh Romero. I'll fight Raleigh Romero. He'll have to come up and wait quite a bit. <laughs> not in, in size or height, just uh, just in weight. He's got to catch up to me. But I don't like him. I don't like his attitude when he comes out. I don't like the stupid noises he makes. It's not tennis. Like, And that, that's Randy's joke. Uh, right. I, I stole that. But uh, yeah, it, it was like a tennis match where he's just, and he did it last time we saw him too, but he's just eh, eh. And I'm like, I want to turn down the volume because it's so annoying. He comes out and he looked like Grumpy Cat. Like he was all angry looking for no reason. Like somebody had just like talked about his mother before he came out or something. Like if that's what you need to do to get hyped up for a fight, you know, that's I get it. You know, it's not it's not baseball. But at the same time, come on, man. Like, I don't know. It's it's too much. It's over the top. Uh, it, It's funny because you said the Fresh Prince thing right when I was turning to say Miami Vice and both of us like thought the same thing. Like those look like we're, oh okay yeah, yeah yeah we're on the same page here I, except i liked his shorts i thought that was kind of cool oh. like throwback see yeah i thought they were terrible i think this <laughs> i think this fight might have been more entertaining if he fought an actual sparrow instead of avery sparrow you know <laughs> like just a little bird chasing him around the ring it would have just I been think, noisier yeah it, right <laughs> something would have been drowning out the stupid noises that romero was making so that would have yeah, been fun that's true well and then sparrow was having tr like he was having issues with his trunks because like the padding and stuff started 
coming out sideways. So like it looked like his trunks were like falling apart and he's fighting and trying to adjust. And that that knockdown in the first round, I don't know if you remember, his mouth guard fell out. And Before then Ra- he got knocked down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Raleigh hit him. And we're looking at you like, isn't uh, aren't they supposed to stop it when his mouth guard comes out? And you're like, they're supposed to. Yeah. But they didn't. <laughs> I'm like, well, that seems kind of weird. And then, you know, in the in the sixth, Sparrow ended up going down again. And it was it was weird when he went down. His knee looked super jacked up. Like he went down, and it looked like he might have like actually hurt his leg or something. And he kept going, and then they ended up taking away two points for a low blow because he hit Raleigh square in the junk. Which mm-hmm. I like that they should have given him an extra two points. Yeah, for hitting He's like, Raleigh. This in the is junk. from Mourinho's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he whispered that in his ear when they when they shook yeah, up right. after the fight. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and then it ended up even just to make the whole thing even worse because I wanted to get behind Sparrow, right? Like this is he's going up against the guy I don't like, and then the way that the fight ended up finishing was that his corner threw in the towel in the seventh, and then Sparrow threw a huge tantrum, and it's like you're getting killed, right? You've got your ass beat for seven rounds straight. Yeah, you just lost two points uh, for an intentional low blow. Like, he couldn't overcome losing one point. You know, like, it was already in the books of where it was going to go. I think the corner was just like, nobody wants to watch this shit. Like, let's throw in the (laughs) towel and save the audience. And that's what they did. So thank you very much to his corner. They just didn't want to hear Raleigh Romero making a stupid noises anymore. They're like, just end it. Yeah. Just throw the towel and I can't listen to that kid anymore. You, the only bad thing about this is we're going to see Raleigh again. Absolutely. And uh, I He's am 25. Already... He's 12 and 0. He should be 11 and 1. But let's just go with the fact that he's 12 and 0. I would love to see him step up against Devin Haney. Sure. He would get smoked yeah. so fast by Devin Haney. That would be the only good part about it. Yeah. It's just to see him get beat. I'd, I'd rather see him fight like a tractor, you know, just to... <laughs> no, no. No, go on. Go no punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punch the spiky in. Go, yeah. The part that's spinning. I really hope that he fights Mourinho's again because that was uh, that was a robbery, and I hope that that happens. Vic Pasias, 28 years old, coming in at 16 and 0 versus Reese Aline, 30 years old, coming in at 17 and 0. All right, now there was a lot of knockdowns in this one, Franco. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, when I saw that dude come out, when I saw Pasillas come out with the tight braids, I was like, this dude is going to be a badass. All right. <laughs> and then he went down in the second. I was like, all right, he'll get his stuff back together. And then uh, again in the sixth and yeah. the ninth, he's like, you know what? I, I bet I could fall one more time. And he paid it off in the 11th. He fell one more time for it. It was a fun fight. It's really all I got for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a fun fight, but 28 <laughs> versus 30, like they're they're not past their prime. But And this was for a belt too, wasn't it? Uh uh, I'm not sure that this one was. I know the next one was. There might have been a belt. I don't know. I was also drinking. <laughs> yeah, it might have been one of those uh, WBA uh, hold your pants up belts. Yeah, I think it was the uh, Showtime TV champion belt. <laughs> That's what they were fighting for. I I thought it was a good fight. Pasillas, same. First thing, you couldn't miss his hair. He had giant cornrows, but then he had like the rest of his hair put in like this nub of a ponytail it was weird looking it was like a small burrito hanging off the back of his head with tape around it I, you know you're a boxer bro I'd, I'd either let it all fly loose let it let it blow in the wind or, or just cut it off one of the two but if i had that much hair i'd probably grow it out too so maybe it's just me being jealous 
talking talking bad about his hair. But yeah, between all the knockdowns uh, earlier in the fight, in like the first six rounds that Pasillas went down, the punches didn't look crazy, but Aleem looked just way better. He looked so much better. And then that knockout was so cool. I don't know if you remember when uh, Pasillas caught the hook, it made him do like a little tiptoe dance. Yes. Like, like he popped up onto his tiptoes and did a little little ballet dance. And then there was a follow-up punch. And that was what put him down. Uh, it reminded me of Mike Tyson's punch out when you would get the stars. And then you would get like the big wind up when the guy was like half unconscious, but in real life. And it was such a great knockdown that if anything, it, that's what was like the moment of the fight for me. Yeah, he looked like Woody from Toy Story, like running, <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> just not on on solid legs. But yeah, there, there was definitely no belt on the line i was looking it up yeah it was it was a fun fight you know what i would definitely watch either one of these guys again and you know it just looked like pasillas tried to make that step up uh it looked like he just wasn't ready for it you know like aleem just was better than he was now, i would love know? to see more fights like this where you got two fighters that have good records. They were both undefeated coming into the fight and they've got a good number of fights under their belts. I wish we saw more of this. I feel like so many of the fights that we've been seeing recently are guys that are one and oh, you know, or making their debut. And right. it's, while it's fun to see someone make their debut, you can only take so many of those. And then you're like, oh, another guy, in other words, another nobody that, you know, we're going to maybe see work their way up. These are two guys that have been around the block a little bit. And so it was fun to see them get, you know, thrown in there together and, and see what ends up happening yeah you know what like i'm looking at some of Pasias, some of his recent fights and his last fight was against a, a dude who was 17 and 0 in september 2020 and then it's kind of okay you know like the guy <laughs> before that was 32 and 28 guy before that 14 and 15 and then that monster that he fought was 4 and 28 you know <laughs> you know like some of these aren't aren't the best, but you know maybe he takes a lesson from this and uh, comes back. Who knows? Yeah, I'd be excited to see him again. Angelo Leo, twenty six years old, coming in at twenty and O versus Stephen Fulton Jr., twenty six years old, coming in at eighteen and O. <laughs> Now, Franco, I was excited about this fight because it's two dudes, 26 years old, both undefeated. Neither is past their prime. They're right in their prime. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they are got their grown man body going. It was a fun fight. Leo sometimes acted like he was getting paid by the punch. You know what I mean? Because he <laughs> was willing to engage the whole time. Both of them. They both he, threw over yeah, 2,000 punches combined. It was crazy. It was crazy. And Here's what I think, like all the rounds were close, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the fight, like I didn't think it was a close, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Leo was in every, every round, you know, and I think he won three or four of them, but he just kept losing by that little bit, little bit, you know, where it was, in my opinion, clearly going to Fulton in these rounds, especially later in the fight. Yes. And it, it looked like just Leo didn't have an answer for what Fulton was doing. He kept coming forward and just paying the price with his face every time. And I was like, man, but. Yeah. What a, it was a fun fight. I really enjoyed this fight. I was thrown off at the beginning. When Leo came out, I was getting Takwache vibes. Now I know what Takwache uh, is, is, Franco. Uh, <laughs> why don't you explain to everybody else what uh, Takwache means? So Takwache is like a Mexican subculture kind of a thing where it's uh, predominant around like 
border towns, but it's people of Mexican descent that are very, very into trucks, said into drugs, uh, that are very, very <laughs> into trucks, uh, probably drugs as well. But there's like certain catchphrases they say. An actual taquache is um, is a possum, but okay. but this is how you would refer to people that are into a certain uh, kind of a look and a certain lifestyle. Uh, they like low rider pickup trucks and stuff. A lot of times people say stuff like silver tooth energy, you know, because you would have a silver tooth in the front. That was the first thing I thought of. Like Angelo Leo came out and I was like, oh, what's up, cuh? Hey, how's your truck, cuz? He came out, cuh? Like that was the first thing I thought of when I saw this dude. But once he started fighting, I wasn't rooting for either guy. I didn't have a dog in this fight. And then by the once the fight got going, the thing that was driving me crazy was Fulton kept holding Leo. Like he kept pinning his gloves under his arms and the official was not calling it like he wasn't calling him out on it and it was lasting for enough where i started getting i was mm -hmm. getting frustrated i could see leo getting frustrated and it's kind of like hey man you gotta like call this dude out on it but at the same time i can't hold it against fulton if you're getting away with it keep doing it if you can punch the guy in the junk and they don't call it to hit that thing like a speed bag so you know i can't hold it against him i will also say fulton could use a couple of leg days i don't know if he's been skipping them but he had right. little toothpick legs and it was kind of like come on man like hit the leg press once it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, don't get it. Yeah, he definitely had some chicken legs going on. It was but it was an exciting fight. It though. was definitely a, a fun fight. It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Like whoever planned this whole card knew what they were doing when they put this as a headliner because this was a fun, fun thing, you know? Yeah, well, and they've been trying to get this fight done for forever. It was supposed to be in August and then it got postponed because Fulton had COVID. So then they found somebody else for Leo and he won that fight. He won like a vacant belt. Uh, and then he was supposed to fight Fulton again in December and then it got delayed because Leo ended up getting the Rona. So both of them are just taking turns getting sick. But at the end of the day, Fulton ended up winning the WBO junior featherweight belt. And it's like, it made it more exciting to to have anything on the line so yeah it was fun it was a cool headliner it was an action-packed fight over 2,000 punches between the two guys they were just going nuts and right. both of them were head to head the whole fight. Like they literally just leaned forward mm -hmm. and started pounding the hell out of each other, uh, which actually led to when Leo ended up getting his head busted open. Cut, and, yeah. Yeah. He got busted open in the first. It didn't look like it affected the fight though. No, I would say that's another good job by the cut man because they really kept it under control. You know, he wasn't a bloody mess by the end of it or anything like that. So yeah, it would start dribbling a little bit, but it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was maybe it's just because I set the bar too low for this, but I was really just impressed with the action throughout. And like I said, it was a close fight overall, but I would say I agree with most of the judges that it was definitely by the end of it. I was like, no, Fulton won this fight mm -hmm. and I would love to see either one of these guys fight again. Yeah. Yeah. They were both super exciting. And and I completely agree with what you said, where the beginning, it was close. Leo was taking rounds. But then once they got going, the second half of the fight, it was it was all Fulton. I don't know how much of that had to do with him getting away with stuff. But again, if the official's not calling it, it's fair game. Do what you need to do to get that, that dub. And he did. He ended up getting the win and the belt. So good on Fulton. But I would love to see either one of these guys fight again. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in again this week. Make sure you get in touch with us if you have any questions or show ideas. We're happy to uh, correspond with you. Tune in next week while we'll be breaking down the Caleb Plant and Caleb Truax action and other boxing 
from the weekend of January 29th and 30th. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to to get back to recording. I'm glad that we were able to uh, get some fights in this week and looking forward to some of the bigger fights. There's lots of fights coming up on the horizon. There's a lot of rumors about different fights. Uh, I won't even I won't even address any of them uh, because we all know how boxing can be. And you get your hopes up just to have them get completely destroyed. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how everything falls into place and to see what big fights we're going to be talking about soon. But I think, and you were the one that came up with this idea, uh, having some guests on where we can fill in those weeks where we don't have fights, you know, it's something that we're going to start working on. And I think that that would be a fun idea if we were to get some guests on and fill in those empty weeks, because man, that was that was lonely not having boxing around and, yeah. and being forced to watch uh, whatever, you know, pool snooker on on espn plus yeah absolutely and i have uh, reached out to a couple comedian friends of mine that are interested in uh talking about some of their favorite fighters when they were growing up if the listeners have any favorite fighters that they want us to uh to chit chat about or break down we'd be happy to do that too so you know keep in touch with us we'll keep in touch with you yeah the only guest that wants to come on for me that i talk to is my mom who That's is her a, favorite? Uh, she has a good Muhammad Ali story. I actually told her I might end up dragging her on here because uh, he used to live in Chicago in High Park. And that's my mom's original stomping grounds. So, yeah, uh, she has a, a cool Muhammad Ali story. That's it, though. That's the extent of my connections. It's uh, not a, not as extensive as yours, Fritz. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero Muhammad Ali stories, so that's pretty wonderful. <laughs> Luckily, it's nothing bad. Like, I don't have to worry about Muhammad Ali being my dad. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's the kind of your mom talking about an athlete stories you want to avoid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mine steered clear. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. And we'll see you again next week when we break down the best fights with a sense of humor.